0: Everybody, welcome back! It's the Philosopher's Stone podcast with your hosts, me Jordan Strauss, and him Sam, Sam Labun. Sam, Laboon. what up, Sam? How Laboon. you doing on this beautiful Tuesday? Uh, Tuesday around midday. How are
1: you?
0: I'm doing quite well.
1: Um, I hate to be a stickler for this, but uh, my last name is pronounced Laboon.
0: I would figure after what did I say? Labun. <laughs> Lebun is much more appealing to the masses, okay?
1: Laboon has that that boom, like the boom,
0: here comes the boom you know? here comes the Boon, <laughs> ready or not, I guess, but Lebun, you know, get the lebuns <laughs> i I just I encourage you to maybe you could break the line of your pronunciation. You're allowed to do that as a as a family member. You can just totally start saying your name differently, and then a few generations down the line, it is Lebun, so. Really, you get to rewrite history if you want, Sam.
1: <laughs> Suppose I could. I I just I really like that, that boom
0: sound. Like, Same Labun. That's what your name should be. Same Labun. Yeah, I I don't know. Uh, I like Laguna. Laguna Beach is good. Laguna Beach is good nickname for you. The Lagoon. The the Black Lagoon. Uh, what's going on, Sam? What's new with you? Well, just uh
1: puttering away here. Uh wrote a, a midterm last Friday. 75% of the class failed it.
0: Oh shit. What was <laughs> it on? Uh
1: land uh residential tenancies. So like landlord and tenant disputes.
0: Oh. Yeah. My girlfriend, the lovely Chelsea, she's been studying that exact thing for her uh property management uh course so oh, cool. she maybe would have uh, been part of that class failing <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah oh my god it was the hardest exam I've ever- i got a 64 which at the time i thought was terrible but then i found out 75 yeah.
0: failed so i was like oh okay All right. that's okay at that point it's got to be the problem of the instructor or the prof right you can't have that many people failing your course yeah or your tests that you're giving
1: well basically it seems like what they do is they I don't know. Like, it just seems to be pervasive across all the courses that they mark some assignments like ridiculously easy, and then yeah. they make other things like ridiculously hard. And it's just so that they can like have a nice looking
0: average at the end of the end of the day. I think this is a conspiracy theory by Sam. Yes. Brought to you by Sam <laughs> Laban. Well, as long as you can pass the next—I mean, as long as you don't fail the course, am I right? Then you're LG. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, ideally, you get straight A's. That's the goal. Nah, that's just, you know,
0: as someone I once knew said, perfection is an unreasonable standard. So <laughs> that's, yeah. uh, and I live by those words ever since I heard that phrase. Yeah, uh, that's, that's my, yeah. coined that phrase. That was our business model. I used motto. to say it to my boss every single day. <laughs> but guess what? I am officially out of the electrical game as of today. Oh, you are? Yeah, I am. Whoa. Yeah. Big news. The burden. I can feel the weight. Oh, come on. See, that's (laughs) another thing I'm not going to miss is these stupid puns (laughs) that people think are just going to get me giddy with excitement. (laughs) Shocking. (laughs) That sure sounds current, Jordan. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, current.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. You get it? Yeah. Do you fucking get it? Do you get it, though? I think I get it. Okay, good. Let's move on. No, I'm pretty stoked about that. Uh, it's The weather has been beautiful in my city the last couple of weeks. Spring appears to have arrived. Mm. Uh, Bonnie Henry, our overlord that <laughs> decides what we're allowed to do in this province, allowed us to have up to 10 people outside gathering. So oh, wow. it's been a bit of a morale boost have some, some of the boys over in the yard, play around in the yard in the mud and the dirt. Uh, but it's fun. It's been good. What are the, have they lifted any restrictions up in your area? Um, well, there's like in-person dining is allowed. Um, it's been allowed here for the whole time. I feel like. Yeah. Almost except for the very beginning. Yeah. Like that's, but that's probably There far fewer cases and far more restrictions. It was weird. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, they, they had no idea what the hell was going on. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh I think they're probably going to put restrictions back in place in like the next week
0: or two. Really? Are you guys not getting vaccinated over there?
1: We are, it's just very slow, very very slow.
0: Yeah, like, I think the, the first round of vaccinations happened in my city yesterday, so hopefully that's uh, going to be a rapid increase in pace here. Yeah. They're saying by the end of summer we could be back to normal. Or whatever you want to call whatever we get back to yeah, is. I think so. I think probably by next fall, things will be uh, pretty much pretty much bumping again. Next fall? Or uh, like this coming fall. Yeah. I just want some fucking comedy to come back. Mm. Give me a sense of purpose again. Yeah. This podcast ain't cutting it. <laughs> well, there's comedy in,
1: in Ottawa. It's just like so restrictive and socially distanced. It's
0: just like... Yeah, I see a lot of Zoom show. I don't know if I could ever, like, I don't think a Zoom show would even come close to tickling my itch for comedy. No. I don't know. Maybe maybe it would. I don't know. It just feels like it would be so weird to have, because you can't fix the lag that everybody's hearing the punchline differently at different times. It's just, I don't know. I don't know. I barely am able to do it in perfect conditions. I don't know how I would fare in, like, the worst conditions ever for comedy, so... <laughs> I've just saved myself the, uh, the, uh, the ego beat down for now.
1: Yeah. I, well, I feel like on zoom, it wouldn't even be that much of a ego beat down. Cause it's like, it's like where it was like real comedy is like high risk, high reward. I feel like zoom is like low risk, low reward, like killing on yeah. a zoom show probably yeah. doesn't really feel that great.
0: <laughs> it's like a slow trickle of the drug you want instead of a huge dose to the dome.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it's like it's hard to imagine bombing on a Zoom show. Like, I guess it would still be kind of yeah. You could just
0: be you could just you could just blame it on the internet connection. Yeah, that's what I would do immediately. Yeah, these jokes are perfectly crafted, so it must be a bandwidth issue. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, so I'm I'm just waiting to get vaccinated, and then might do comedy again. Might not do it again. I don't know. You don't know. You don't miss
0: it a ton. No, I miss it quite a bit. Yeah. But I don't think about it as nearly as much as I did at the beginning of the pandemic. Like I've kind of settled into my life as a just a normal citizen, just a drone. Yeah, <laughs> I will say when I think about how often I was going to do comedy, like almost every night. Uh, I like really enjoy my nights at home now. Mm-hmm. Like I've grow- I've become a middle aged man over this pandemic. But I feel like once I get the taste of it again, I'll be back in at full swing. Yeah, I can see maybe that. hopefully. I mean, I've been writing jokes, so I like I have material that should be feel fresh and new. And if there's crowds and they get the, that first laugh hits, I'll probably be back in it again.
1: Oh yeah, for sure, for sure.
0: I mean, once once you once you taste that,
1: uh, taste that sweet nectar of killing.
0: Yeah. Of murdering. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the sweet sensation of murdering a crowd of people with laughter that is uh, it's quite the th- it's quite the rush it really is it's quite a high when you get a whole audience laughing at your at your thoughts and uh, I feel like once I experience it again I'll be back into it and uh, now that I have this new job that's a lot less stress I'll actually be able to I feel like I'll have the mental energy at the end of the day to go out and do it fingers crossed obviously yeah yeah fingers crossed but we'll see I wonder I'm actually curious to see how many people will have quit over this period of time and how many people actually end up coming back. I mean, I haven't seen some of the comedians in my scene since the like for like months and months and months where I used to see them multiple times a week. It's weird to see. I'm wondering who's going to show up again uh, when it starts back up and even what shows will even be able to come back. Like mm. all the regular shows that I used to do are I don't know if they'll come back. It's kind of shitty. There was no like warning. There was no like, this is our last show. Like, let's have a big like blowout. It was just like one week. We all get a message. Uh, we can't do shows this week. And, uh, that's what that was it. Not with a bang, but with a whimper. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Pretty sad stuff considering all the times we had there. Oh, this is depressing. What are we talking about today, Sam? Get me out of this funk. Oh, well, we have just the recipe for you today. We are, we are talking
1: about, uh, an ancient philosophy. This is the second philosophy mentioned in our listener question from Ferdinand. And this is about
0: Ferdinand. Yes, Ferdinand from Australia. If he's still listening. If he's still listening. I haven't yeah. heard from him. I haven't heard from him in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Ferdinand, send us a send us an email just to let us know you're you're okay. Send us a ping. Yeah. Ping us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So this episode is about stoicism. Uh. Mm-hmm. Yes aka grumpy old men
1: grumpy old men indeed then uh in ancient greece their critics called them
0: the men of stone and it wasn't like a, a <sighs> good thing <laughs> yeah those they're not the people you invite to your fucking orgy that's for sure
1: <laughs> precisely yeah you won't find many stoics at yeah. an orgy that's very true <laughs> <laughs>
0: A stoic orgy, that would be quite something. Oh, God. You wouldn't even hear any, like, moaning or pleasure sounds. It would just be straight-up flesh, slapping flesh, and wow. people being like, this is <laughs> happening. <laughs> I am just... Pleasure. <laughs> I'm experiencing pleasure. Yeah, but it will not. And I'm not excited about it. <laughs> I will not come. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, Can Stoics really get erections if they're truly mm. Stoic? Yeah,
1: that's a good question. The, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm here
0: to ask the hard-hitting question. The Stanford Encyclopedia did not address that at all, which
1: is surprising. <laughs> I feel like that, that's right out of the gate. We're wondering.
0: Have you ever sent a dick pic and she she replied, very Stoic erection you got there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's there out of a sense of duty, not out of a sense of passion. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah yeah passions are to be avoided for the stoics they really do yeah. not like passions.
0: <laughs> I, my erections are purely dutiful yeah. duty driven yes you want a duty driven dick down baby <laughs> <laughs> it's thursday <laughs> it's thursday and you're on the schedule <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to <laughs> oh, boy.
1: yeah um Okay, I'll read you a quote. This is is a quote from the Stanford Encyclopedia about Stoicism. So it says, Stoicism tells you how you should regard death, suffering, great wealth, poverty, power over others, and slavery. In the political and social context of the Hellenistic period, where a person could move between these extremes in very short order, Stoicism provided a psychological
0: fortress against bad fortune. Ah. So it's a coping mechanism, essentially.
1: Mm, yeah, interesting. Yeah, good way to put it. Yeah, coping mechanism for the
0: unpredictability yeah. of life. Yeah. yeah, you can't experience joy or pain. You're just a rock. You're just a pet rock. Okay, yeah. Well, we, we'll get into that. But they, they
1: can experience joy, apparently. Oh. It's very specific which emotions they're not supposed to react to.
0: Interesting.
1: But it, but it'll it, it's very complicated. Like I think popular stoicism just sort of sounds a lot like, you know, like keep your chin up, stiff upper lip. Yeah. That sort of thing, but it's uh it's actually very very complex philosophy once you get into the
0: nitty-gritty. Man, I don't know if I could do it. I got to keep track of every emotion I'm feeling and making sure only the only the acceptable ones get through. That doesn't seem possible.
1: And In, indeed, and the stoics acknowledge this. And so there's this basically it's pretty much impossible to be a good stoic, and the people who are good stoics are called the stoic sage, and they are like Ooh. sort of like almost like a mythical almost like an enlightened person. Like a stoic sage seems to be like the equivalent of like an enlightened Buddhist, like someone who's reached enlightenment. Like very rare. You might never meet.
0: Are there any like famous examples of people who that they believe achieved this state of sheer, I don't know what you would call it, probably not bliss. (laughs) Yeah, not bliss. Um, Just, hmm. I don't even know, opaqueness? Yeah, that's a good question. So Socrates
1: was not a Stoic, definitely not a Stoic. Um, But he – right seems to be sort of similar to Stoics in the sense that he claimed that he was like never he never cared if he was like very cold or anything or
0: like very hot he was sort of did he really not though did he really not care when he was cold <laughs> the legend legend the difference has between it? <laughs> not caring and not voicing your cares
1: yeah well legend has it like there people would say like a story like
0: oh so when Socrates
1: was in the army he would march barefoot even when it was very cold and he would never be in a bad mood or anything like that. So it's just legends, right? Like you never know.
0: Like I know. Yeah. I mean, that's the weirdest superpower ever. He can go barefoot everywhere. I mean, his feet get fucked up, but he doesn't complain. Yeah. Doesn't need cool shoes. man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He was super useful. His, all of his toes were frozen and broken and he couldn't fight with <laughs> us, but man, was he, a, did he have a good attitude about <laughs> yeah. it? Did he ever prove a point? Yeah. <laughs> um, the Emperor Marcus Aurelius was a famous Stoic. Oh, yeah. He's the one from Gladiator, right? Yes,
1: he's Richard Harris plays him in, in Gladiator.
0: Oh, hell of a movie. Yes. Commodus cannot rule. Marcus Aurelius <laughs> has been slain.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, he what we do in life echoes in eternity. Was that what he said or... Was- yeah, he
0: said that. That's uh that was uh that was uh, Maximus Decimus Meridius's uh, uh pre pre-battle speech to his Calvary. Oh,
1: right, right, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, epic line. If you
0: find yourself riding in an open field with the wind in your hair and the sun on your back, do not be afraid, for you're in Elysium and you're already dead. Oh, like <gasps> crushes like the best joke they've ever fucking heard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah he uh
1: russell crowe he's um he's really let himself go he's not a stoic i would say
0: oh dude did you watch that last movie that he came out with no what's it called he's like a road he's a road rager oh. like the whole movie is about road rage Oh, it sounds so good it's this this one girl cuts him off in traffic or something. I forget how exactly it goes down, and he, like, it's just all road rage. It's him chasing him around in a, in a pickup truck, <laughs> and he is a fat guy now. Like, he's straight up fat. I don't know. He might claim he gained the part, gained the weight for the part, but I st- <laughs> I'm i just, I think that he just let himself go. Yeah. He ain't leading no armies. He's not fighting <laughs> in no Coliseum. <laughs> yeah. Are you not? <gasps> <sighs> <laughs> it's
1: gonna be protesting outside of McDonald's.
0: Husband to a murdered wife, <laughs> and I will have my vengeance. Maybe tomorrow. Later. <laughs> uh, was he a good actor, still though? Like, was it good acting? Yeah, I mean, he, yeah, he's a good actor, but it's still depressing to look at. Mm. Yeah. He wouldn't fit that armor anymore. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Get the breastplate expander.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Good King Robert. Yeah. Yeah. So, Stoics.
1: Okay. Yeah. Stoics. So, we should, of course, start with ontology, right? What's in the fridge? The
0: Stoics open their fridge. What's inside? Right one one potato, one potato. <laughs> and uh, a <laughs> grape yeah um <laughs> no a grape is too lavish too, right? yeah too much sugar <laughs> i feel like they're almost uh, exclusively eaten starch yeah maybe potatoes <laughs> chicken breast broccoli maybe like that that sounds right. <laughs> as long as the chicken breast is unseasoned and overcooked
1: mm, yeah boiled preferably yeah
0: boiled to shit <laughs> Yeah. Boil all the joy out of it. Nice and gray. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> gray and dry, just <laughs> like my soul. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah so in, the, in yeah. their fridge, they have, um, so their ontology is a little weird because for them, uh, existing as a physical thing, right? They say, like, there's only, like, bodies, right? Material bodies are in their ontology. But they also include things that don't really have physical existence, like uh, like a centaur or a cyclops, something that's not really real. It's still in there. It, yeah, it's in their fridge of like what is in the world. Right. So they think that only bodies exist, and specifically only bodies that act or can be acted upon. So it has to have causal powers.
0: Okay. So so ghosts. Yeah. Don't count like can't act upon a ghost right they can act upon you if you uh believe the movies yeah yeah it's it's a little weird right because like it doesn't have
1: to exist to be in their ontology which is really strange like it doesn't have to have like that is weird so it's i don't really understand understand that distinction but um anyway so they're like ghosts would be in the world but they don't they're not like a body they're not a body they don't have causal powers they can't make anything happen. Right. So if they're there, whatever. If they're not, if they're there, whatever. It doesn't really matter. Um, right. They believed in a god, and they believed that that like the universe is
0: God's body. Ooh, really? Yeah. The universe is God's body. I don't know. I've never heard it put like that, but that kind of I like that. Yeah,
1: it's sort of – it's the idea, right, like that uh,
0: the universe is God's body
1: and everything that's in the universe is a part of God's body. Okay. And everything has a role to play based on which part of the body that it is. Uh-huh. And that things are things are best when they're performing their proper function given the hole that they fit into.
0: Huh, interesting. I've yeah. never heard that before, that theory. Yeah, so you could think of it like uh,
1: there are these cool um, – Oceanic creatures called siphonophores oh yeah like if the you've heard of the Portuguese man-of-war
0: yeah yeah it's like a uh, it's a colonial organism so right 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 it's not one individual it's a it's a big group of things operating as a giant organism exactly it's so like a multitude of little
1: multicellular organisms that like link up with each other and they make the different organs of the of the major organism
0: right okay and i think i've seen these siphonophores is what you called them yeah yeah they can come like they can assemble in so many different ways so they all look like completely different from each other right because of all the this all the smaller organisms assembled themselves in the larger one like voltron but different (laughs) varieties
1: yeah 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 they're all they're so weird like there's lots of different weird ones um But there are, like, species of them that are, like, pretty similar. Like, Portuguese wars are similar to each other. Right. So, they, yeah, so, like, they sort of, like, they reproduce. They're all, like, hermaphroditic. Like, each zooid is a hermaphrodite, and it, like, it buds new zooids out of itself. They're really weird. Yeah. So the universe is sort of like that. Like, it's like this big siphonophore, and we are, like, the zooids that are, like, making it up. Mm-hmm. And we all have our different roles to play. Like some of us will be a tentacle zooid, so we grab things. Others are a respiratory zooid, so they help breathe. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so anyway. They have a very weird creation story. So basically in the beginning... Stoics
0: or siphonophores? <laughs> uh,
1: stoics. Okay. Although i would have, I'd be interested what the siphonophores think.
0: Yeah, well... <laughs> Can they? Do they all have individual thoughts and opinions like we do? Or are they all, Ooh. essentially, they agree on the same... Uh, their political alignment is all pretty much the same. Interesting. I feel they're like... All, they're all very right-wing. I there, feel, yeah. From what they can tell. <laughs> yeah. I feel like they are... There's no polarization. They are all, like, on the one team.
1: Like, yeah. Very clearly. Yeah. Um, okay. So the Stoic origin story, basically, in the beginning... There is this divine fire, and they compare this divine fire to God's sperm. Oh, getting yeah. right to it. Getting right to it. <laughs> and uh, they use the metaphor that basically God shoots out this divine fire or sperm into the earth. Squirts u- it. Probably. Squirts it out into uh, <laughs> into this inert matter and the sperm.
0: Sort of- Wait, okay, let's just let's summarize right now. <laughs> God squirts out his flaming jizz into <laughs> <laughs> inert matter. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. And so far, I'm fucking 100% on board with this. Yeah. And uh, the sperm
1: sort of contains, like, the plan of the universe, or, like, how things are going to go, sort of like the DNA. Right. And once, once it's out there, once this divine fire is out, then things start to happen according to God's plan, which is contained in the fire. Right. And uh, all the other elements start to arise, like water, air, earth, these elements form and separate from the fire.
0: Now, is this the same God's plan that Drake was talking about?
1: What was Drake talking about?
0: He has a song called God's Plan. and I'm wondering if he's referring to this.
1: Ah, this awful. fire. I have to check the lyrics. It's a, it's a fire. He talks about fire in it. God's plan is fire
0: uh he's spitting fire <laughs> uh, so maybe that's <laughs> God, interesting. <laughs> just kidding drake does not spit fire in my opinion <laughs>
1: uh we on the how does it go we, uh, i don't know i can't really remember the lyrics anyway um, all
0: i get is kanye lyrics going through my brain
1: mm, yeah kanye eminem
0: notorious big did you watch that documentary on no, netflix about I sh- him I, sh- uh, I should it's really good you should watch it it, it, it really it makes like he really had to cho- he literally chose between selling crack and becoming a rap star mm. and who knows if he would have died later or sooner if he chose the crack life Ooh, good question good, good question because yeah, we'll he know. died pretty young anyways yeah he was 24 jesus christ he may have lived longer yeah. dealing crack. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. Is like he might have actually had a better, longer life if he chose to deal crack. That's the same. Yeah, he could like write like little lyrics on each bag and like yeah,
1: like his trademark. Anyway, um,
0: <laughs> a little late for this new marketing cookie. strategy, but like um, where your head's at. It's
1: like a crack fortune cookie. It's like you get a little baggy <laughs> crack, and you get a little
0: line from. <laughs> you get one hot line. <laughs> You get a line, and a line. Snort a line while you <laughs> while you read a line. Yeah. yeah, it sets the tone for the entire high. <laughs> yeah. So, so this happens, right? These elements
1: they come, they call, they they arise. Um, the elements form, the the planets form, the earth forms, life forms. Things happen in life, but then eventually everything gets consumed by the divine fire again. And that's called a conflagration. And so the universe is in this conflagration conflagration and the universe is in this endless cycle beginning and ending with these conflagrations of fire where everything gets just consumed. So
0: do they have a theory as to what the point of it all is? Why is God doing this? He's just essentially birthing universes Mm -hmm. and then watching them burn out and then doing it again. Yeah, that's
1: a, uh, there's a lot of scholarship on that, which I did not read. But basically questions are arising like, okay, so after a conflagration, do things happen exactly the same as they did in the last conflagration? Do you exist again? Does someone who's sort of like you exist again? How different are they? Like, they don't, they didn't really. Maybe
0: he's just, he's just adjusting things, the variables slightly (laughs) until he gets the perfect one. Just moving things a little bit to the left. (laughs) Fine tuning, yeah. That universe was almost perfect, except for that truck drove through that intersection at the wrong time. So let's run it back.
1: Yeah, exactly. Okay, there's a lot more we could talk about for their, um, uh, Ontology. There's a bit more we could talk about their ontology, but um, we need to progress. So,
0: yeah, let's move it along. Yeah.
1: So everything they believe everything has a pneuma, and that is sort of like it's uh, that's sort of like the you have the elements of hot and cold in you, and that's the mixture is your pneuma. So okay. So basically, they they deny that there's any empty space at all in the universe. Everything is connected. Everything touches everything else. Right. So what separates you from things that are around you is your pneuma. You have outward strength, which allows your body to cause things. That's like your your heat, I guess. And then okay. you have inward strength, which holds your body together. So uh. sort of like the strong and weak nuclear forces maybe in physics. I don't know.
0: Maybe some of these guys do seem to like stumble upon actual real life physics with their musings and their philosophies. Really, it's kind of interesting that way. It is very interesting. Well, they do say they say science and philosophy go hand in hand. So this maybe is why. I mean, you got to you got to be able to think in the abstract to test theories. Indeed. Yeah, they started out together. Like scientists were originally called natural philosophers. Right.
1: Anyway, so a rock. It has a pneuma called holding, which means it just holds itself together. That's what it does.
0: Hold, <laughs> hold the line. What if it just stopped holding at one point and all the rocks just—I don't know what they would do. Expand? Uh, like explode? I don't know. shoot. If they have
1: too much heat, right? If they have too much heat in a rock, it'll crack. Yeah, and that would be an outward strength. So that would be the the heat pneuma would have. Now overcome we're back to the, Biggie again. Back to Biggie, <laughs> crack rock. <laughs> <laughs> For a, uh, but for an animal right its pneuma is its soul so that's that doesn't mean like it's immortal soul it means more like its instincts and okay does that apply to humans
0: or is that just oh we have a soul too
1: but we are rational so our pneuma is our uh. they call it the commanding rational faculty uh yeah and uh but we also have the soul pneuma, which is like our instincts that draws Towards to do things, makes us afraid of things, etc. And then we also have like a nature pneuma, which is just like keeps all of our organs pumping. Um, and then we have the holding pneuma, which like holds us all together. So we have all the numas.
0: We got all the numas. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: full pneuma. Um, full pneuma. Yeah. We got a full stack of nooms over here. <laughs> and we're the only creatures that have all of the nooms, right? Yes, unless there are rational
1: aliens or rational creatures that we don't know about um, they would have nah,
0: to, that doesn't seem likely nah, doesn't nah, seem likely to me no nah. discount that
1: yeah so so we uh we reason we we do things how do we decide what we ought to do well our sense they have a understanding of like consciousness as well or senses or so sensory org- organs take in impressions right so an impression is a sensory experience that has a propositional content so if an alcoholic sees a bottle of Tito's vodka, the impression they get <laughs> <Tito>. is like, <laughs> the impression they get is like, oh, Tito's, that looks delicious. I should buy it. Like that's like the content of their experience. Right. But because we're rational, unlike an animal, which will just move towards whatever it's attracted to. Yeah. We have a rational faculty. So we can either assent to this impression. I.e. we agree that yes, uh, the Tito's Vodka will be fun to drink. I will buy it. Mm-hmm. Or we can withhold our scent, which is suspending judgment. Like, ah, uh, uh, maybe I, I don't agree that I should buy the Tito's. Huh.
0: Yeah. And like you said, animals just move towards what they want mm-hmm. without really giving it too much thought. Yeah. Um, that brings me to a story that happened to me last night. I was <laughs> testing my cat's paw speed. <laughs> by sticking my face down below the couch and he, he was swiping at it. <laughs> and uh, turns out he's faster than he used to be because he scratched r- my entire eyeball, like oh. my cornea. What? Like I could feel the indent on my eye. It wasn't bleeding or anything. Like I don't think it got that deep, but like I couldn't open my eye for a few hours. It was fucked. I thought I was going to have to go to the hospital. Holy shit, Did it hurt? <laughs> it hurts so bad. Oh my God. It doesn't hurt anymore today, but I can feel like... Like, when it first happened, it felt like there was a distinct scratch along my eyeball that I could feel with my eyelid. It was really, it was ah. really unsettling. I was, like, scared my, uh, I don't know, eyeball juices were going to flow out. <laughs> I'm leaking. <laughs> and, like, I, I, at first I was mad, but then I realized, like, I, he was just doing what he does because of uh, his lack of pneumas, man. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't have a commanding rational faculty. <laughs> yeah he doesn't he just sees my eyeball and he wants to scratch it out but only because i was putting it down in his little his little uh den of des- his little uh aggression hole or whatever his place yeah. under the couch yeah. and i was teasing him i was putting my face in and when he would swipe i pulled my face away and i i've never been caught i've had so many cats and i always do that and this is the first time i actually got got ah, damn yeah i would never do that right on my eyeball <laughs> Not my eyelid, my fucking eyeball. It was it was it, yeah, ah. unsettling sensation. And that's like they stopped fights in the UFC because of that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, stop <laughs> this fight, that's for sure.
1: God damn it, Thomas, you're disqualified.
0: <laughs> yeah, eye pokes, eye scratches like an actual claw, like he had claws out. Like, like he ah. sliced my cornea. It was fucked. Jesus. Oh,
1: that's
0: brutal. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, so animals,
1: all they do, all they care about is uh, increasing their self-preservation and avoiding yeah. their self-destruction. Yeah. So the, an interesting thing about the Stoics is they uh, they think every choice that you make is entirely an act of reason. So even if you're like a hopeless addict to alcohol, if you choose to drink, they'd they they wouldn't say like oh you're compelled to drink because you have a, a like a disease or something they would say no 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 you yeah. you chose to drink you could have chosen not to you didn't choose
0: so they are very like so they put uh, a lot of weight on free will like you you're it all the buck stops with your willpower. power like you, it, they don't they don't subscribe to like you're you're helpless to your own desires
1: um yeah like to to, to an extent because it's it's really interesting because they also believe and like fate and they believe that the choices that you make are going to depend on the kind of person that you are huh. so there's a guy named chrysippus who had an analogy right and he said like some people are like cubes and some people are like cylinders
0: yeah
1: if i push a cube it slides because that's how cubes react to being pushed yeah if i push a cylinder it rolls because that's how cylinders react to being pushed. right so the way you react to to causes depends on the kind of person you are. Interesting.
0: And do they think that you can change your shape to stick with that analogy? Can a can a can a square become a cylinder uh via like self discipline and you know, I guess a change of outlook? Yes. You have to be like constantly
1: training your stoicism to get better. Right. But the only but even even like but then again remember like they think that the only you're only free, right? So freedom for them is is not like, they're, de- they're kind of like determinists. So freedom for them doesn't mean you just do whatever the hell you want, like whenever you want, and you're not subject to being caused to do anything. They yeah. would say that freedom, a person is only free if they only assent to true impressions.
0: Okay. What does that mean?
1: Like say like you hear about like there's this big orgy going down
0: and yeah if you big orgy <laughs> going down yeah if you assent stoic orgy big stuff Crowe is going to be there
1: oh god <laughs> 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 um and uh your your impression is that you should go to this orgy because it's going to be very pleasurable for you to go to this orgy but pleasure yeah, you know, pleasure but you if you assent to that then you're not free you're like a slave to your your passion if you're right. if you instead assent to the impression that going to this orgy will compromise my virtue, so I will not go, right, then you're you're free in their sense.
0: I see. So self-control is freedom to them. Yes. Discipline is is freedom. So <laughs> So unlike some other people we've talked about, I forget what we call them, where freedom is like the ability to pursue all of your earthly pleasures at will. Mm-hmm. Their version is your ability to deny yourself <laughs> pleasures that would compromise your virtue. Exactly. If you, if you
1: are doing things because your passions are drawing you to do them, then you are, you're yeah. not free. You're a slave. And uh. the only free person is, of course, the Stoic sage. Right, they're the only free person because they never.
0: If a guy you denies, death, he doesn't even have to. He won't even eat anything other than boiled chicken breast <laughs> because it's too passionate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Salt is too passionate for me. Yeah, and they don't have any raw potatoes. Yeah, and they
1: don't have any gray area. Like either you're either you're free or you're a slave. And huh? Pretty, so we're all slaves, basically, according to the Stoics. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that's, no, who doesn't give in to some of their you know, passions. If we're going to yeah. use that word, word, yeah, which everybody is, does. Yeah. so it's a great
1: philosophy if you want to justify actual slavery,
0: <laughs> <laughs> like a lot of yeah. ancient philosophies. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. So they they they
1: they don't have a lot of room for uh, uh, like human rights in ancient philosophy.
0: No. <laughs> No, they didn't. That would really cramp their style. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: I don't know. Like they have some stuff about
0: skepticism. That's interesting,
1: but we should, we should plow through into the real stuff that people care about. Well, actually, what time are we at? Here?
0: We're at 40 minutes and we have an email to answer. So let's, okay, let's, let's, plow let's plow into the meat of it for the next 10 minutes. All right. So we'll skip the skepticism. We'll skip skepticism. So, okay. Ethics. Right. So like we just talked about
1: slavery. Like what is stoic ethics? Right. So, in ancient philosophy, Aristotle is sort of like the prime mover of uh, of ethics. And for Aristotle, the question is, how do you live well? And the answer to that is, you want to live in such a way that you attain happiness, or the Greek word is like eudaimonia or something. It's sort of like flourishing. Um, right. And they really tied it very closely to performing your proper function. Huh. Right. So,
0: so this is the stoic version of it. So like, as in, as you're talking earlier that uh, everybody in the, um, Siphonosaurus Siphonosaurus. or whatever. Yeah. (laughs) They all have their own, uh, function in the big body. Right. So they're saying that true happiness is when you're performing your specific function at your best.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And almost all the, even the the Epicureans believe that too. What they, where they tend to disagree is what your proper function is. That's where they tend to disagree. So the Epicureans thought your proper function is to avoid pain and uh, increase your pleasure. Right. And the Stoics, on the other hand, do not think that at all. They think that you, that are basically, they think our proper function is tied to the fact that we're rational creatures right so we're not pleasure-seeking creatures they think the epicureans thought we're pleasure-seeking or pain-avoiding creatures well yeah which we are but like the stoics think we have like a higher level to that which is uh rationality or so that we need knowledge
0: well, yeah. Well, that's the that's what it that's the difference between humans and the rest of the animal kingdom is the ability to transcend that innate urge to just fulfill your basic desires, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. If you're just running around trying to fulfill all your earthly pleasures and passions, then you pretty much are living like a wild animal <laughs> essentially. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And
1: so they also think that we need to attain things that are good under all circumstances. So something that is good under all circumstances is appropriate to your nature. Right. And again, our nature is rational being. So even though circumstances might change, our nature stays the same. We're rational beings. Right. So the thing that we need to have is going to be something that's good, whether we're the king or whether we're a pawn or yeah, whether you're a heroin addict or whatever you are.
0: Right. So if you if you see an old man fall on the pavement, it doesn't matter who you are or what you are. The good thing to do would be help that person back up, right? Like you, that would be the right thing to do whether you're the king or the peasant or a, a, a mass murderer. <laughs> um well it would it would depend on a lot of
1: like other factors. Like the Stoics would want to know like okay, who is this guy? <laughs> The stoics would want to know like, is it going to is it good for your virtue to help this man up, or is it bad for your virtue to help this man up? That's all. I'm just
0: imagining a stoic running over and instead of helping him being like, who are you? (laughs) Who are you? Why should I help? (laughs) Why should I help you back up, old man? What have you done? What do you stand for? (laughs) Talk to me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna need a quick background on you, bud. (laughs) Yeah. So
1: so I, I tried to work out like a, a metaphor for this, like like how do the Stoics decide like what is the good thing to do, what is the bad thing to do? So imagine like you have you uh, you are given a job, and your job is you have to take medicine to the next village or something. Yeah. But along the way, you like you get to the top of a hill and you can see the village in the distance, but between you and the village, that you can see like a tiger chilling out under a tree. Yeah. And Um, Your initial impression is, oh, it is bad that there is a tiger there. Mm -hmm. Now, you can assent to that impression, or you can withhold assent to that impression. So the Stoics test is, should you assent to the impression that it is bad that a tiger is between you and the village? Well, my eyeball
0: is throbbing just thinking about it. (laughs) Yeah. So, of course, the Stoic answer is, no, this is not bad. How would that be their answer? Okay, well, basically...
1: It's bad if all that matters to you is your self-preservation, right? So if, right. if you're a, an antelope and you see a tiger, that's bad because it threatens your self-preservation.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But for a Stoic, we are rational creatures. And our self-preservation is not the thing that is most appropriate to us in all circumstances. Right. In all circumstances, the thing that is most appropriate to us is our virtue, which is the knowledge of how to live well. Right. And these things, the the signs of virtue, is things like wisdom, courage, justice, generosity, those sorts of things. So something is only bad if it threatens, affects, yeah,
0: those virtues. So his bringing the medicine to the other village, he sees a tiger in between them and he's like all hunky dory with that because right. it doesn't compromise his virtue at all.
1: But yeah, well, if you're the Stoic sage, yeah, you'll just you'll be fine with it. You will never, you won't assent to the impression that's bad. If you're not the Stoic sage, you're going to experience a passion in this case. Fear. Fear. You're going to experience fear. Yeah. Um, now, fear is going to prompt you to not deliver the medicine to the village.
0: Something tells me Stoic sages are so rare because they all die immediately.
1: <laughs> yeah, they don't seem very smart. <laughs> no.
0: They have no risk aversion at all.
1: Yeah. Well, okay, like they're... They will remember, like unless their that mission.
0: tiger's trying to offer them like drugs or something, <laughs> they're probably gonna. It's not gonna well, avoid it.
1: <laughs> they got. They will. I think what they'll do is they'll just. They won't take fear into account in how they get past the tiger. Mm. Like the fear is not supposed to influence their the mission. Their mission to get the medicine to the village. They may like take a steps to avoid the tiger and things like that. Right. But they won't. uh they won't do it from fear. They'll do it from rational faculty.
0: But they would say it's not out of fear of their own life. They do it out of it, it might stop them from bringing the medicine.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's what would be bad in this case, would be not bringing the right. medicine. Um, it would not be bad. Would, that would be bad. So that's what they can assent to, that it would be bad to let the tiger stop them from bringing the medicine so they should take whatever route or course of action is going to be the best to get past the tiger.
0: Right. But here's another scenario: if they weren't on a mission and they just encountered a tiger uh, on like a walk, uh-huh. now is there really a reason for them to avoid the tiger?
1: Mm, interesting. Um, it, again, like they'd have to, they'd have to know all the the circumstances. Like, is it important for them to keep living? I guess. Um, <laughs> <laughs>
0: like. That is wild, man. I feel like they would be able to come up with many excuses as to why it's important for them to keep living yeah. when they're faced with a tiger. The the point is, is that they don't let their passions guide their behavior. So
1: if they see the tiger. Uh, okay. It, so
0: it's okay to experience passion as long as yeah, you don't act on it.
1: Exactly. You can't stop
0: yourself from experiencing.
1: Uh, I don't. Yeah. I don't. Well, that's a good question. Can they stop? Them? Can the Stoic stage, sage stop himself from experiencing? Passion. I, 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 don't know. That's an interesting one. That's an interesting. Because
0: that one. to me sounds like they're already dead on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> if they, yeah, if they like have
1: no, like the passions. I, I should review for them. The passions are their are four passions: um, appetite, fear, pleasure,
0: and distress. Pleasure. Pleasure. Yeah. I mean, I would. I would love to avoid two out of four. <laughs> yeah um
1: yeah so basically like appetite if you satisfy your appetite you experience pleasure if you cannot avoid fear you experience distress yeah so the idea for the stoics is um you cannot let uh let yourself you cannot assent to impressions on the basis of fear appetite pleasure and distress
0: so like someone you might know that has like Stoic uh, traits would be the person in your life that does not act out on their emotions very often. Someone that's very seems very much in control of their head, like they keep a calm head about everything, and they they come at it kind of with calculations instead of uh, emotional decision making.
1: Yeah, they they base their decisions specifically on virtues like wisdom, courage, justice, generosity, those sorts of things. And if you want to know more about virtues, Aristotle, it's like an entire field of philosophy called virtue ethics, huh. pretty much started by Aristotle, which is just all about de- defining like who the virtuous person is and what do they do.
0: God, Aristotle, he would be a hell of a, hell of a guest to get on this podcast, eh? Ah, man,
1: I've been trying <laughs> to contact him, but
0: he's a man of stone now. <laughs> yeah, very hard to get in, uh, get a hold of him. Yeah. And you can never find him or Socrates at the same space at the same time. And it's really like, I'd love to have them both on. That's what's no. weird to me.
1: Yeah. I would love a debate between Socrates
0: and Aristotle. That'd be great. So, wait, which ones were the ones that like might be the same person with those two?
1: Oh no. Um, Socrates and Plato.
0: Okay. That's what I meant to say. It's hard to get Plato and Socrates in the same room at the same time. Boom. There's the different, uh, different version of that joke. So you guys, yeah. you may laugh now. Um, yeah. Uh, so, is there any closing remarks about the Stoics that you really want to hammer home before we move on to the email? Um. So, so
1: to to reiterate, I guess um, to clear it up a little bit, the Stoics are very against those passions, appetite, pleasure, fear, and distress. Uh huh. But even the Stoic sage can still experience good feelings like
0: joy. Okay. That's good because if you can't, what's the point of this lifestyle if you can't experience joy at all? Exactly. So, basically,
1: and another point like if you uh, just because you assent to an impression, it doesn't mean you can't immediately withdraw your assent to that impression. Right. So, you see the tiger and you probably will immediately assent to the impression that it's bad that there's a tiger there because it's going to threaten your life. At Unless, the
0: very least, you're going <laughs> to stop walking, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, like you can You see a tiger yeah. and you're quick you're that quick to like you don't even skip a beat, you just keep walking same pace. That is that's real stoicism, I think. Yeah, either you're a moron or you're like uh like a next level human being. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and those often are very hard to tell the difference.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, but a big thing for the stoics is that as in Minority Report, you always have a choice. That's, that's a big deal for the Stoics. Okay. Uh, you can always choose which impressions you sent to and which ones you withhold to, and you can, you can change it at almost any time.
0: So to summarize, a Stoic is someone you want in the foxhole but not at your party. Great way to put
1: it. Yeah. Great way to put it. <laughs> Well, I don't even know if I want them in my foxhole. Well, I mean, you know, they would stay in the, <laughs> the foxhole and like you'd be able to leave and they would stay. <laughs> well,
0: I think their sense of duty and virtue would 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 put them in a position to essentially do everything they can to get you guys out of there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I should, re- like, I should, like, they would make the, the, they would choose the courageous decision and the courageous decision is not always like the stupid decision to run pell-mell straight at the tiger. Like they would, they would find that right. mean between cowardice and uh, bravery, I guess, would be courage.
0: Huh. All right. Well, that's our episode on the Stoics. Let's let's get to an email here while we have. We're, uh, we're near the end of the podcast here. Um, so this is an email from a listener. Uh, I don't know where they're from, but it goes like this. Hello, Jordan and Sam. I really love the podcast today. I have a few questions. Congrats on getting new jobs carving statues. Very proud of Jordan. Thank you so much, buddy. Uh, I'm excited for myself as well. How does Sam know that Jordan is not a simulation and just a figment of his mind? I came across your podcast on Spotify and probably my favorite Asian-American podcasters. (laughs) (laughs) Keep up the great work. Well, buddy, I hate to drop the bomb on you, but we are as white as they come. (laughs) Very white, Brad. Yeah, wrong on both accounts. We are uh, European Canadians, um, Mm. but I'm glad to know that our accents are thick. Uh, I don't know where you're from. I don't know if English is your second language, but thanks for writing in. And uh, this is question, Sam. How do you know I'm not just a figment of your imagination? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm not Asian. I did live in Taiwan for three years, but... um... We could do another episode on that, but anyway, <laughs> yeah, you, might be uh, pick, you might be picking
1: up on that. Um, how do I know you're not a simulation? Um, well, to, to use the Stoic, to like now we can talk about the Stoics' view of knowledge, right? This is the question that leads right into it. Yeah. So the Stoics believed uh, that knowledge is only possible in the form of a cognitive impression, and an, a cognitive impression is an impression that could not arise from what it is not. So, say you see a bird. Do you yeah. know that there is a bird? Well, it depends on whether your impression is an impression that could not arise from what is not. So maybe it's a perfect illusion of a bird, or it's a hallucination, right. or a, a demon has cast a spell on you that's causing you to see a bird. Right. So the Stoics would say, as long as it's possible that your impression is arising from something that it is not, the Stoics would say that if you don't know whether or not your impression is arising from something that it is not, then you don't have knowledge. So. Practically nobody knows anything, according to the Stoics. There's a very high bar for knowledge.
0: <laughs> so according to the Stoics, you, you, there's no way for you to know that I'm not a figment of your imagination. The, yeah, the only way I could know it would be if I knew
1: that all my sensory impressions of you were actually caused by you. Right. And not caused by a hallucination or something like that. So it's called the externalist theory of knowledge. So it means that uh, you know things if you have a... Reliable belief forming mechanism that. Right. So your beliefs are only caused by the thing and not by something that is not the thing. Hmm. But we don't really have reliable belief forming mechanisms to that extent because we have hallucinations, things like that, all the time. So uh, I would say no. I don't really know. I don't know that Jordan's not a hallucination.
0: The other way you could maybe find out if I was a figment of your imagination is if my uh, my niece never gets older. Huh. You have a niece. it's a reference to a beautiful mind where he has schizophrenia and that's how he realizes his best friend and we're back to Russell Crowe. So that's how you broadcast ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Russell Crowe is the conflagration. Yeah. (laughs) It all comes back to Russ. I knew that the second I watched gladiator that he would be a huge, huge influence on my life.
1: It is. It is amazing. All the different connections to Russell Crowe that we've had in this.
0: Yeah. (laughs) We should start our own philosophy cult all based around uh, Russell Crowe Crow. movies. <laughs> yeah. Just get real deep into like
1: all of his movies, like analyzing them.
0: <laughs> well, thank you again for your email. It doesn't say your name here, but uh feel free to write in again and uh thanks for uh congratulating me on my new job. I start it tomorrow. So uh Uh, Next podcast, I'll come back and I'll probably just talk about how much I hate it. (laughs) (laughs) It only takes one week. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm going to be as stoic about it as I can and Mm. just try. And uh, I I feel like it's going to be a good break from at at least a a less stressful environment. And that's really what I want right now for a bit anyways. Yeah. And uh, that's it. That's our episode. Thanks for tuning in.